You must be crazy to think you can do that. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Have you ever had an idea so big that everybody thought you were nuts? Thought you were crazy? Well, hey, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some people who had ideas like that. You may be one of them. So here's the kind of questions that I get every week that I'm going to be dealing with as we go through this today. Why am I struggling so much? Why was I cursed with having ADD or ADHD? Dan, I just got fired. What am I supposed to do now? People are laughing at my dream. Should I just give up? Hey, we're going to unpack some of the principles in the recent documentary on dreamers called Dreamers. I've been suggesting that you watch it. It's available out there. Whether you have or not, we're going to go through the principles. You can understand them even if you haven't had the time to watch the documentary. But it's just a marvelous kind of overview of some people who had dreams or was so big, everybody told them they were nuts. Well, here's our quotation for today. It comes from Charles de Gaulle, who said, A man of character finds a special attractiveness in difficulty since it is only by coming to grips with difficulty that he can realize his potential. Pretty cool overview. All right, and our resource is a process for creating your own mission statement. That's going to be a real big part of what we're going to be looking at today. Are you clear on your mission, your purpose for being here, what you want your life to accomplish. We got a free resource to walk you right through that process. I know it's a lot of times we hear people say, well, gee, what's your mission statement? You ought to have that. And they don't have a process. We've got a simple process. I've used it with lots of people, hundreds of people over the years. Just go to 48days.com slash mission and you can find it there. Now, a couple of good news items and then we'll jump right into these points in this Dreamers documentary, drive-in movies are coming to Walmarts across America, and every showing is free. Now, obviously, right now, you can't go to the movie theater. You know, it's sad for everybody, including those who are making movies, but Walmart is setting up big TV screens, big movie screens, and you can start doing what you always do, munching popcorn, return to the 1950s. You know, it's interesting in times of challenge like this, how we often go back to things that worked years ago. I mean, sometimes new and better isn't really new and better. It's just different. And in times of challenge, we discover we can go back to the way things were and those things work pretty well. Well, this is one of those you can show up at Walmart. Um, They're going to start this on August 14th. So we're right on top of that right now. Over the next few months, there'll be 320 movies playing from coast to coast, from Houston, Texas, to Sedalia, Montana. I mean, all these films have been curated by Walmart's partner, the Tribeca Film Festival. And so you can see movies like Friday Night Lights, The Karate Kid, Space Jam, Black Panther, Pokemon, Spy Kids, Wonder Woman, goes on and on and on. Just check it out if you go to the Walmart drive-in Dot com, you can find locations and dates to just go up and show up and see movies. Kind of a cool thing. 
Well, now this is a competition that's put been put up, and it really ties into what we're going to be looking at today because it's put up by the X Prize. And I'm going to be talking about Peter Diamandis, who's the founder of the X Prize, and one of his original projects when he was just a young guy and put out there a project awarding $10 million, and he didn't have the $10 million, but I'm going to tell you how that all came together. But XPRIZE is now launching a new competition where they're giving away $5 million in a competition to come up with ways to get Americans back to work. Now, this is the deal. Usually in these kind of contests, teams are formed, and then teams get together. And so on this one, uh, they're calling on tech experts, educators, training providers, staffing agencies. You know, how do you get people together, train? This is, so here's a challenge. How can you train 500 people at really a low cost in 60 days and then put them in jobs where they're going to be able to stay at least 90 days and then demonstrate that you can do that across three industries? So it's pretty simple, but hey, check it out. It's the COVID-19 challenge put on by the XPRIZE, $5 million in awards that they're going to award for that. I love those kind of things. And some of you ought to be in the game with those kind of things. I mean, there are people who are winning prizes. We get stories about teenagers getting a quarter of a million dollars because of cool ideas they came up with. Now, I want to go through the Dreamers documentary and the way that it was portrayed. There are five steps. And again, if you didn't watch it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to give you the five steps and then some examples of people who have done these things. So it's laid out phase one, prove them wrong. Phase two, find your superpower. Phase three, be limitless. Phase four, invent a better future. Phase five, never give up. Now that's the way it just walks through. And those Each of those is connected with a concept that we're familiar with. Phase one, prove them wrong, your calling. Phase two, find your superpower, your gift. What is that gift that is a superpower of yours? Phase three, be limitless. That's your truth. Phase four, invent a better future. That's your vision. Phase five, never ever give up your mission. Again, in the mission worksheet that we're giving you today as a resource, you can integrate all of those things, your calling, your gift, your truth, your vision, your mission. But you get those things clarified, there's not much that's going to be able to stop you. Now, as I mentioned, Peter Diamandis is the founder and executive chairman of the XPRIZE. That's been an organization, been around for a long time, now leading the world in designing and operating large-scale incentive competitions. Now, here's one I'm going to tell you about a little girl. Her name is Anesh Ansari. When she was a little girl, now she's a grown woman now, but when she was a little girl, she drew a picture of a rocket going up into space. And she imagined herself, she described herself reaching out and touching the stars. And she kept that picture with her of this rocket going up into space. Well, people laughed at her. I mean, she was a poor little girl born in Iran. How is that going to happen? How is she going to touch? She just kept that picture with her and said, I'm going to do that. Well, as you'll hear in a little bit, she, in fact, did do that. Now, I don't know if she touched the stars, but she went up into space, which is pretty unusual. She was the the first woman civilian, self-funded, who went up into space. Now, 
All right. On September 18th, 2006, a few days after her 40th birthday, she became that first civilian woman to go up into space. So she's one that's profiled. I mean, she dreamed as a little girl. It came true. Lisa Nichols is one who was talked about. She says, we've been told dreaming is irresponsible. And she says, you know, I wasn't, this is interesting how this works because she wasn't aspiring to something. She says, I was outrunning something. She got C's in school, kind of a desperate life. She ended up on welfare, single mom, and she looked around and saw what was happening to the black kids in her community, seeing that how, how many of these little black boys ended up in prison. And she says, that's not going to happen to my boys. So she was avoiding that. It wasn't that she was drawn to a dream as much as she was outrunning something, in her words. So today, she's chief executive of Motivating the Masses. She's written six books. Her seventh book, Abundance Now, just came out. Abundance Now follows up her New York Times bestseller, No Matter What. And she is one of the most highly sought-after motivational speakers and has turned herself into a millionaire, going from a welfare mom, single mom, to a millionaire in what she's doing. Seth Godin, you hear me mention him often. He says he thinks something has shifted in the last decade. People are realizing they don't have to accept the old model. They're looking for new solutions. Now, Giovanna Marcico is profiled in this documentary. Well, he says your gift is often right next to your pain. In school, he got bullied for being so smart. His classmates roughed him up for doing so well in tests. It made them look bad. He thought being gifted was a curse. Whenever he heard that term gifted and he was put into classes for gifted, he hated that. He thought it worked against him until he found he could use that in creative ways, but it didn't serve him well in regular jobs or careers. The fact that he was gifted, that he was so, it was so easy for him to do the schoolwork. He got bullied because other kids don't, didn't want him to make them look bad. But then he found creative ways to put legs on that and has gone on to extreme success. In our Eagles community, and Alan Thomas struggled with his weight. This idea of often your pain may be right next to what is your go- going to be your greatest gift. I mean, Alan Thomas struggled with his weight, and then he went from 304 pounds to 175. So today he works with men who are where he was and shows them how it's not about the food, it's about mindset. I love Alan's approach. But he took that horrible struggle that he had that ended him up at 304 pounds, and now he helps other men walk into that process. He calls me every week to give me an update because he's so excited about the work that he's doing that he's able to do today. And it, yeah, it came right out of his pain. So I want you to be able to look at that. What is it that, that's causing you pain or a struggle right now? Is it just something you want to get rid of? Or is it, in fact, the key to what may be your biggest opportunity. In the book, David Goliath, Malcolm Gladwell talked about this particular issue and he framed that challenge that I just described as desirable difficulties. Desirable difficulties. Now, when I look back at my own background, I was raised in poverty. 
mean, really, we were just, we were in poverty. I mean, I was used then to getting out of bed at 5 a.m. to do chores when I was five years old. I mean, I had responsibilities. We had a very rigid and somber home, very little laughter there. I had no help financially, no encouragement. My parents did not want me to go to college. They wanted me to stay at home and, and work in a farm. So I not only had no financial help, they discouraged me. It was a very challenging time for me to walk away from working on a farm to go into school. Now, were those things, though, disadvantages or desirable difficulties? I mean, I had the opportunity to experience real work. And in doing so, you know, learned a little bit about plumbing, electrical, carpentry, agriculture, mechanics. I mean, all those things you learn on a farm, golly, those things still serve me well today. I mean, we were so poor, we didn't have radio or TV. Guess what? That drove me to books. Books have been my lifeline to see how I could make my life better, to see examples of people who had done these things. I mean, I valued the education that I was paying for myself. I mean, came through school, graduated from school, had no student loan debt. I mean, I was terrified of doing that. I saw other kids doing that. And of course, today we see a lot of examples of that. No, I would work and we lived very simply. Joanna and I got married as we were young in our college years, got married and we just eked it out. So we got through school with no student loans. Well, a lot of the creators that we see, these people that we see who have done extraordinary things, were diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, bipolar, something similar. I mean, think about my own son, Jared, who had all those terms put on him. Well, today he works with, he's on the board, he works with Space for Humanity and is involved in the, with these organizations that are putting people back up into space. He's paid extremely well. He has a lot of impact in what he was doing. And as a little kid, he couldn't make it through school because school was not the right kind of experience for somebody who's a big dreamer like that. So you may be experiencing that. Jessica Cox, you may recognize that name when we talk about Be Limitless. That's phase three of this five-step process. Be Limitless. Don't tell people you can't do something. Jessica Cox was born with no arms. No arms. Her dad, who shares a little piece in this documentary, he says he saw the very first day, this little baby, he said he saw something in her eyes that told him, hey, this little gal isn't going to have any trouble making her way in the world. She doesn't have arms. She's going to do something, whatever she wants to. Well, she's a fourth degree black belt. She says if you don't see limitations, the world will open up to you. Her mom encouraged her that she could do anything she wanted to do. She can use a computer and mouse. She uses her phone. She can open her own can of Diet Coke, pour it in a cup and drink it. Again, she has no arms. She swims. She says, not taking no for an answer is an everyday experience for me. Be told no and do it anyway. But here's the thing that really put her on the map that she's best known for. She is a pilot. She flies airplanes. Now, again, she has no arms. She flies airplanes. Certainly the first armless pilot. But you can check it out, Jessica Cox. Talk about being limitless. Think about what most people would do having no arms. 
how they would see that as restricting them. She's a black belt, a black belt. She swims, and she's a pilot using her feet. Pretty amazing, pretty amazing. Again, the thing that pains you now may be giving you your superpower. Dean Kamen, you recognize his name as the inventor of Segway, the little two-wheel thing you stand on, move, and go. Well, he's also invented countless other inventions. He says, not everything is going to work, but it doesn't mean you don't try. Then he says, I was told school is where you go to learn things. And he said he sat in school and they would teach you, you know, two plus two is four. Or they would teach you some kind of a geometric equation. And he thought, how does this relate to anything that I'm doing in real life? Now, he realized his opportunities were not going to come through traditional schooling. He says he not only had ADD, he said, I had ASD, attention surplus disorder. His mind was just racing with so many ideas And he said, the school's model of understanding was different than mine. He looks for ways to make sports and technology fun, not just memorization of facts, how to make it fun. He puts together contests for school kids, brings them together. And there are kids who have been members of gangs who have had their tattoos removed because now their identity is in what they're doing in sports and technology. They don't need the old gang thing where they were outcast because they didn't do well in school, which is true for a lot of kids that end up doing great things. They don't do well in school. Dean Kamen is certainly an example of that. He says, dreamers are told they're crazy, they're weird. Well, Peter Diamandis took the old Murphy's Law, if anything can go wrong, it will. He said, why would we plant that in our brain? Why would we expect that if something can go wrong, it will? He says, if anything can go wrong, fix it. So he looks for ways to fix things. So he decided that he wanted to be an astronaut. Now, he knew his chances of being an astronaut. He's short, you know, has poor vision. The chances of him being an astronaut were pretty, pretty slim. But he thought, why can't I do it myself? Why do I have to wait on the government to give me that opportunity? So he decided he was going to put together a prize for spaceflight. Now, this was going to be for anybody who could come up with their own space rocket, go into space, come back to Earth, and do that again in two week, in a two-week period of time in a plane that would carry three people. So he announced a $10 million prize for the first team, first individual, whoever could do that. Well, people spent millions and millions of dollars to try to be the first ones to do that, to win that $10 million prize. But here's the interesting thing. When he announced that, he didn't have $10 million. He had no idea where that was going to come from. But you know what? A big dream draws attention. People want to be connected with something that is a big dream. If you have a big dream, it'll attract other people. You can attract resources to that. Now, he talked to people who had money, people like Richard Branson and others, you know, people who had money. And he talked to 150 people who said no. But remember that little girl who grew up in Iran, who drew a picture of a rocket where she was going to be able to go up and touch the stars? That little girl's name was Anish Ansari. She grew up, she built a business She sold a business, 
that business for $1.3 billion. She was the last person on the list, as it turns out, that Peter Diamandis approached about providing the $10 million prize. She thought it was a delightful idea. She agreed. The first one was called the Ansari X Prize. After her name, she gave the $10 million. By being involved in that program, she ended up being, again, the first woman civilian who was able to go into space. So she's been into space. Her dream did come true. Well, you know, every week in my podcast, I have people submit questions. Here's just this week, a dad who has a a child with signs of autism, a mom who wants to start her own business, but now finds herself living in Thailand because of her husband's work. A gentleman who shared, I just got fired today from my company. I mean, are these insurmountable obstacles or could they be, in fact, desirable difficulties? You think about you know Robin Williams, who's now deceased, but he saw words upside down and backwards. What do you do when other kids in school think you're an idiot? You see words upside down and backward. You try to do funny things to create some social esteem. I mean, that's what we did with my son, Jared. Again, he did. He saw words upside down and backward. He had difficulty reading. Well, what do you do? You act out to draw attention to yourself in negative ways. We pulled him out of school went through school in a very different way because of that. Of course, you got the movie out there about Chris Gardner. His wife left him. He lost his house, his bank account, his credit cards. He was living on the streets with his son, ended up as a super successful stockbroker. As a little kid, Harrison Ford was targeted by boys. He was, a, he was such a poor student, he signed up for drama class just hoping for an easy grade. That was his motivation, not to become an actor, not to chart the path that his life then took. No, he just wanted to get an easy grade. So he took drama class. Well, again, in the book, David and Goliath, Malcolm Gladwell talks about these disadvantages that we have and conventional wisdom certainly tells us that a difficulty is something to be avoided, that it's a setback that leaves you worse off than you would be otherwise. But you know, People with these challenging disadvantages end up to be the Jessica Cox of the world, the the Dean Caymans, the Richard Bransons, the Thomas Edisons. I mean, David Dealman, who's CEO of JetBlue, has been very public about the fact that his ADHD is very severe, severe, but he's chosen not to take any medication for that, not to take any pills to try to make it go away. He's instead learned how to use his unique brain wiring to his advantage now that he better understands that. Again, when I look back, we didn't have running water in the house I grew up in until I was in the eighth grade. I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things that other kids did. I mean, most Christmases, I got a new pair of blue jeans as my one gift. Were those disadvantages or were they desirable difficulties? Now, even as I... Think about this and talk through this and see these amazing examples in this Dreamers documentary. It seems to have some contradictoriness in it. There's no question about it. And as a parent, I don't want my children to experience difficulty. When I look at my grandkids, I want to protect them from difficulty. I don't want my wife to suffer 
in any way. And in my coaching, you know, I want to help people build lives of success and prosperity. But then the question comes up, at what point does protecting these people I care about from their challenges limit the push that they might experience to break through to their greatest achievements? I mean, I struggle with that. I don't have easy answers for that. But as I look at things in my own life, even at this point in my own life, those things that come up unexpectedly that are, that are challenges. Or look at what we're dealing with right now. I mean, all the challenges that some of you are experiencing because of this crazy pandemic that we're in. Gee, maybe your kid's school closed down. All right, that creates a new challenge. Your work may have closed. The business may have gone away. That creates a new challenge. So what are we going to do with those things? that are challenges. Are we going to avoid any kind of challenges, try to get rid of it? And we hear people talking about how soon can we get back to normal? Well, maybe back to normal isn't so great. Maybe this is an opportunity to surge forward into something new and better. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the, uh, the overview. I, I hope you had a chance to watch the dreamers documentary. It's truly, truly inspiring. I've watched it multiple times. I'm going to watch it again with Joanne and probably with some of my grandkids, but it's just that inspiring to see people walk through those challenges that they have and yet come up the other side to fulfill their dreams. Again, our quotation for today is a man of character finds a special attractiveness in difficulty since it is only by coming to grips with difficulty that he can realize his potential. And again, I want to, I want to note for you that five-phase process that we talked about. Phase one, prove them wrong. Phase two, find your superpower. Phase three, be limitless. Phase four, invent a better future. Phase five, never, ever give up. And we'll have that graphic on the podcast page. Go to 48days.com, just look for the podcast. Sheila created a beautiful, beautiful graphic that shows those five stages. Prove them wrong. That's your calling. Find your superpower. That's your gift. Phase three, be limitless. That's your truth. Phase four, invent a better future. Your vision. Phase five, never, ever give up. If you identify those things for yourself, your calling, your gift, your truth, your vision, your mission, there's nothing that can stop you. I'd be delighted to hear about your challenges, your difficulties. Those desirable difficulties, they're going to walk you through your greatest opportunity. They send your questions in to askdan at 48days.com. Your examples of success, challenges you're having, what you see as a difficulty, an obstacle, is there really right behind that something that is your best opportunity? Well, I hope, trust you've been inspired as I certainly have been. Thanks for being part of this growing community where we know without question we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.